Welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry notice by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. Hello, it's Debbie Gilbert from the Business Awards Show, and I'm also the organiser of the Best Business Women Awards. And today I'm joined by Zina Ahmed Pito, who has a hypnotherapy business and is the winner of Best Customer Service in the Best Business Women Awards 2023. So welcome, Zenat. Hi. Hi, Debbie. How, how are you today? I'm really, really well. It's lovely to speak to you. Cool. I'm sure you're still on your high from winning your award. Yes, so gonna... um, I am. It's only a week ago now, so it's very exciting. So we're yeah. going to talk a bit about your award. But first of all, let's dive into your business uh, and tell us a bit about why you set up your business, how long your business has been running and what is that exactly that you do? Okay, so I started my business in uh, 2013, so it's 10 years ago now. And I previously to that, I was a teacher, primary school teacher, and I had been teaching for, you know, 15 years. And I was pretty much burnt out. And I'd been through chronic illness. Unfortunately, I had a bereavement of my father when I was younger. Um, I've been through a divorce. Um, you know, I was just like really exhausted. I was I was only in my 30s, but I was really tired. So I needed a break. So I decided to take a break from that and started looking at what I could do. And I had a bit of therapy along the way for, you know, bereavement counselling and I had a bit of therapy for my um, relationship breakup. And what I realised was that this was the thing that I really wanted to do because I could see the power of talking therapies and I thought I must go and find out how to do all of that. So I started my training while I was still doing some supply teaching to keep the bills going. And um, eventually I qualified as a hypnotherapist in 2013 in January, by which time I had got married to my husband, who's the love of my life. And I actually found out I was pregnant the week after I qualified oh <laughs> with IVF. So I've been on a lot of roller coaster journeys. Wow. So you set up your practice. So what, talk, talk me through, you know, your client base and what you actually take, what journey do you take your clients on? Absolutely. So I work with um, men and women, um, usually sensitive professionals, people who are, you know, the high achievers, they're doing really well in different areas of their lives, but often they're, they're not really taking care of themselves and sometimes their relationships suffer when they're working so hard on their businesses or in their professions. So that's kind of one group of people I work with. The other group are the children of those people. So because I used to be a primary school teacher, I have real affinity with primary age children between sort of seven and 11. And I work with those children within the context of the family as a sort of family therapy work. So the kinds of journeys I go on with them, obviously it's different with children. It can be quite fleeting. Their problems change quite quickly. But um, 
the common thread I would find amongst everybody is boundaries, relationships, um, self-love, just kind of putting themselves first. And um, it tends to be the kind of people I work with are very kind. Um, I think they're attracted to my way of working. And I just find this common thing again and again and again, that they want to take care of everyone else, but they forget to take care of themselves. Oh, that's really lovely. Because we often think of hypnotherapy as being something that helps with fears and phobias. So what you're saying is you're addressing people, their sort of concerns about their confidence and their well-being. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, not to say that I, of course, I do work with fears and phobias as well. But what I often say to people is what they might come to see somebody like me with is a presenting problem. So they might come with a problem or, you know, they're not being able to sleep or they're grinding their teeth or they're biting their nails or something. But what I say is that's a symptom of a deeper underlying problem and sometimes when you get under underneath all of that what's really there is they don't feel really very good about themselves or Mm. there's there's some sort of bit of confidence missing or their self-esteem has been damaged or it wasn't really fully developed when they were younger because of things that may have happened to them in the past or you know the the family that they grew up in or you know circumstances around them and despite all of that they're really resourceful and amazing because they've got them to where they are now but yet there's just something saying oh there's just something there I could improve that you know Mm -hmm. so that's when I when I say about the self-esteem and all of that that's kind of underpinning but what people might come with is I'm afraid of this or I'm afraid of public Mm -hmm. speaking or you know my boss has asked me to do a presentation and I can't sleep and you know all of those kind of symptoms that come out of that underlying problem if you like wow so how did you find the transition to being a teacher to running your own business what sort of challenges did you have to overcome with that so what I would say is I'm a real people person I'm very very sociable and I really thrive in a community in a group which is what I really had as a teacher I worked in a massive school um I was a leader of I had 10 people in my kind of in my year group in my two year groups I was running what subject did you teach Literacy, English ah, was my right. okay. subject. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I had a sort of, um, I was head of English. So I, I used to go and talk to all the different children and look at all their books and all of that. So I was very engaged with lots of people. Mm. When I left teaching, I found that such a massive change, especially when mm. I was a supply teacher and you would just come in for the day and no one really knew your name and they didn't really know who you were. Um, and you couldn't make those connections. So when I started my business, I was fortunate with the the college that I trained with have a massive community and I really kept up with a lot of those people. But when you're working day to day as a therapist, you're listening to people's problems day in, day out. Mm. It's all confidential. You can't discuss it over the dinner table. You can't talk about it with anybody. So you have supervision, speak to your supervisor. Um, but, you know, and of course that helps. But what I realized is that I was missing that kind of camaraderie of other people going through the same things as me and working out how to run a business, how to do your taxes online, how to, you know, how to pay for something, how, what you should call yourself, how to blog, how to have a website, all of those things, which I did not know before. And I've learned them over the last 10 years. And what I realized is by joining networks of other mm-hmm. ambitious women, that is where that's where the um the magic lies mm. because everybody's in the same boat or you might be on different stages of your journey 
But I know things they don't know. They know things I don't know. Everybody's willing to share Mm. and support each other. And if you find the right groups of people, you will find that. So Mm. so that's how I basically um, realized after a few years of struggling on my own that I needed to find people to connect with. And that's made a big difference to you, clearly. It's made a massive difference to me. It's taken it from this is my job and my profession to this is my, the thing I love, you know, it, mm. it's made it, it's changed it, it's put it on a whole different level. Mm. Yeah. So awards, uh, you uh, were the winner of the best customer service uh, category in the best business women awards, which is a very tough category to win. Um, talk us through your mindset for entering the awards and also, Let's also talk a bit about why, you know, what why light on your customer service and what you actually do that makes your customer service so special. So let's talk about those <laughs> two elements. Yeah. So first of all, why I entered the award. So I became aware of this podcast mm. and I thought, you know, I wonder what is um what's in the mindset of people who are entering awards. And I have entered two awards before. I entered the Shining Stars Awards in 2021 and 2022. Um, And so I had done it before and I sort of jumped over that hurdle, but somehow this seemed even bigger because I was going for a specific category. um, And I went for two categories, which was best consumer business. I got silver for that and I was finalist and I got the, best customer services the the gold which was amazing so I listened to the podcast what I did is I started off with anyone who I thought I recognized any names <laughs> so I thought, oh, I know her, you know and um so it's nice to hear a familiar face yeah. and a, a familiar voice um and every single person I learned a bit more about them and I learned a bit about what what they were thinking and I'm always interested in people's mindset and what's mm. behind what they're doing um so that was the first thing and why I thought of doing it. And then the reason I went for best customer service, that was the really big one. I thought for me, I felt that felt a bit scary. <laughs> um, so what am I doing with my customer service? I would say, obviously, the the service I give is extremely personal. Mm. People are coming to me to open their hearts, tell me their deepest, darkest secrets, things they've never said to other people before sometimes. Mm or things they've said before, but not in the same way. Mm. And they're letting me into a really private part of their mind and their, their their soul almost. So for me, I think there's something about, I tell people who are in a contract with me that if they need to speak to me anytime between now and the next session, all they need to do is send me a WhatsApp message. Mm-hmm. As soon as I receive that message and they say, please, may we have a call, I will contact them and say, I can call you between this time and that time and we'll have a call as long as it takes. Because I feel that people need to know that I'm there if they need me. They can't necessarily just do their therapy in one hour a week. Sometimes people are going through a massive crisis and um, it's not all the time, you know, but also I find just telling people they can do that if they need it means most people don't take it up in in 10 years i've had about four or five people ever ask me for a call and they mm. might ask once in six or however many weeks you know um so i think that makes a difference because they feel that i'm there for them mm. also we have whatsapp contact email contact you know and we kind of keep in touch and i always remember i, I note things down 
oh, they've got that big event today. Oh, they, their child's going to school for the first time. Oh, that's happening. Their son's at university for the first day. And I'll send them a little message and say, oh, good luck for that. How, how did that go? How was your speech you had to give or whatever? Mm. And I think they really appreciate that. It's like, a, you know, of course, I'm their therapist. So I'm not their friend. And there's that distance. But there's a professional contract between us. Mm. And I think they just they feel seen. They feel seen by another person who validates what they're saying. Mm. And I think that's a massive part of it. And the other part is I keep in contact. So when it's Christmas, I'll send a little e-card. Um, I used to send physical cards, but now that's kind of too many people. So mm. I just send an e-card. Um, and I usually do a sort of January offer and I touch base with people and I personalize the messages. Mm. And I always say to people, when we finished, can I contact you in six months or a year to see how it's going? And I get their permission. Um, and yeah, so I keep in touch with people and just remember them. And I find that, you know, many, many of my clients are repeat customers. So if it's not them, they will send their sister, or their mum, their child. They're their referring neighbor. you. They're referring is, a lot of people to me, which, which is, is how I get a lot of my mm. clients. Yeah. And that's what makes you outstanding in your field. And I think it's just the extra things that you're doing that maybe a some therapists aren't or they're they're sort of putting a timer on it and going well yeah you know you can have a call but it's an extra xyz amount and it's 15 minutes or whatever whatever so I think the judges were particularly struck by your giving nature yeah and best customer service is always about what do you deliver that is over and above what one would expect as a base level so we often get people who enter that category that talk about oh, we call people back within 24 hours and things like this. And like the judges will say to me, that's what anybody would expect a business to do. That is an industry standard. What are the people doing that is over and above that? Those people should be shortlisted and recognised in the awards um, as being people who are delivering outstanding customer service. And I think definitely from what you must have put into your entry with your case studies and your testimonials, obviously that highlighted just how caring you are and and it is about customer service is about caring for your client and doing those little bits and pieces sending those cards remembering people's special events so well done incredible achievement um so what's next with the business you know what's your thoughts now because you've kind of been on quite a journey really I have so I've just um started a new networking group in my local area fantastic um, local business women and I find that um I've just done the launch for that and that's going to be a monthly meeting what I'm finding is that as I've really really benefited from networking myself Mm. I want to share that with other women who Mm. are maybe earlier on in their journey and they're just starting out in um, the entrepreneurial world and I I know lots and lots of women who are in the sort of therapy space who might Mm. be you know all the way from beauty therapy to uh, holistic massage or you know yoga teachers all sorts of people like that and because I've built that sort of network over time. Mm. And I find that lots of them are not very good at putting themselves forward. <laughs> not very good at entering wards. They're not very good at t- talking about what they do. So, you know, they in a way are representing my ideal clients. Mm. You know, that sort of very kind, giving people who mm. don't really think about themselves. Yeah. So, um, so interestingly, those are the people who I, I kind of attracted to my group, which is fascinating, isn't it? It's sort of mirror 
each other. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's really exciting. And I'm hoping to build up that group and support lots and lots of women. Um, and also I've just completed my book. So this yeah. is something that I've been dreaming uh, about for years. And uh, finally, I've just finished the first draft. So um, I'm hoping to publish in about March next year. Brilliant. Can you give us a little indication of what the book's going to be about? Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of for those people that I was talking about, those kind, sensitive people who put other people first. And it was actually born out of um, a few different clients I've had recently who were at that crossroads stage of their life. And it was actually showing up in their work, but also with their life partner, who they thought was their life partner, whether to stay in that relationship or whether to move on and move apart. So, um, yeah, so you just have to wait and see when it's ready. <laughs> and that's kind of all I can reveal at the moment. Ooh, exciting. So that'll be out in the spring. Um, what have been sort of the biggest challenges that you think as a small business owner, maybe over the last two or three years that you've had to overcome? Well, I think, you know, like anybody listening to this, if they're in business, uh, the pandemic was a big shock mm. I just, on the particular day, the 21st mm. of March or whatever mm. it was. Um, every single client rang up and cancelled because everybody was terrified about their work mm. and their jobs and all of that. And they thought, well, we'll just have to wait for this. And I just thought, right, what am I going to do? So I had to basically move all my services online, which mm. I had never done before. I'd done all my uh, therapy face to face for the previous eight years or whatever. And um, so now I, I do a hybrid. So actually, a lot of my clients are very happy to work online. I would say therapy is exactly the same. In fact, in a way, there are fewer distractions because you don't have the journey and you don't have all the parking and all of that stress. And it works just the same as well, um, just as effective. And I would say that um, going online and then also now I'm I'm face-to-face -face with all the children I work with are face-to-face. -face, so they're in a very local mm. area um, mm. because they're young and they need that contact. Mm. And um, but for adults, some of my clients are international, but most mm. of them are in this country. Some of them are in my local area. I've never met them because they're at work during those hours and they do it in their lunch break. So we we work online and it's very effective. So that was the biggest um, challenge, I would say. I would say the other thing was I got pulled in a slightly different direction. So I got lots and lots of people contacting me for their teenagers. And of course, I, I can work with teenagers, but they're just not my niche. Mm. And so for a long time, I accepted them because they were really the only people that were coming through because they were afraid of not going to school. Then they were afraid of going back to school. Then they're having problems with mm. studies, exams, confidence and all of that. And and they were almost the children of my ideal clients. Mm. And my ideal clients who I love working with were sending me their teenagers because mm. they trusted me and we had a connection. Um, so now that that, you know, acute phase has passed, I'm not mm. saying it's passed completely because it will carry mm. on, you know, the effects for a long time, but I'm now passing those clients on to other trusted colleagues. Brilliant. Um, okay. So in a way you took the challenge of the pandemic though, and you twist, you sort of turned it into something positive really. Um, in as much as you can deliver online if need be. But yes. do you prefer face-to-face -face or online or do you not mind? To 
be honest, it doesn't make any difference to me because in a way, when I'm working with a client, I'm so listening to them. It doesn't really matter whether they're in front of me or if I'm looking at them on a screen because I'm just sort of trying to get into their head and really absorbing what mm. they're saying and making notes. So actually, it doesn't really matter. No, no you're happy to do either. But so their in, preference. So in terms of awards, are you planning to enter more awards? Can you see the benefit of them? I can definitely see the benefit of them. I think um, entering the award process itself is brilliant for everybody, I think, um, because it makes you really take stock and think about what you're doing, what's going well, where you need support, where there are gaps. Some of the questions will make you think, oh, oh, I've never thought of that. I don't think I do that. So maybe I should start doing that. So I think that whole process is really beneficial. I think there's something about women business owners just plugging away. You know, I'm a really hardworking, diligent person. And I would say for me, if I've got a task, I'll just get on with it. But what I don't often do is stop and congratulate myself and say, well done, and take stock of what I'm doing as much as I say this to my clients. So this is a brilliant way to do that because you're around amazing energy. It's very uplifting. It's very exciting. I've made loads of new contacts. So when I, I found out who was in my category and who were the finalists, I followed all of them on LinkedIn. I linked up with them. I messaged all of them. I said, congratulations to them. They all started following me. And so now I'm going to meet them in person properly. You know, I met them on the stage, but we're all like really excited. But I'll meet them properly in the future and we'll have made a new connection. So mm. you just never know where it's going to lead. Now, that's what I always say to people. You must connect up with other finalists. Go through the program. Link up with everybody. You know, make those connections happen because you're all inspiring women. You know, yeah. why wouldn't you? And if you're not a woman and you're at an awards and you're a man, the same yeah. thing. You know, you yeah. should be connecting up with the other finalists because that's how you make those connections become meaningful, you know. And I've tried to create an awards that doesn't feel competitive that we're all there to celebrate each other um because business is hard you know we don't have those annual appraisals that we get when we're in a company or like when you were in a school i'm sure you had a meeting with your head every year that told you you know you were doing a good job and you know you have your steady inspections every yeah, three years absolutely. or whatever when you're in a business you just don't get that you have none of that it is literally you know slog 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 and awards are a way of you getting that external validation. And get that external validation you did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I blew the judges' socks off. So that was Brilliant. really good. And well done, because having a customer service award is incredibly special. Because I think, yeah, of course, all the awards are special. But actually being validated for how you work with your customers, there is nothing better than that. So yeah. well done. Thank you been lovely to talk to you today so thank you for joining me and i wish you continued success with your business thank you thanks for listening to the business awards show if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review to catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.